Konnichiwa, Miyasan. I'm Kuretoka, United Empire. Kyoa, Shiegaka, Kariya. Empire no, always Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Broken Tables Podcast, episode number 54. I am your host, Jeffrey Vegas, here with our Broken Predictions champion, as always, Rome. How are you doing tonight, Rome? You know, I was doing really good, and then, Jeff, you know, last week I gave you your props, and I'm also going to critique you when, when it's time to critique you. You know, you need to be a consummate professional and be ready to go live no matter how the show ends. Yeah, so, man, that had me all flustered. I was uh, I was definitely panicking there for a second. We had to uh, stare at the uh, Chris Jericho wanted poster for more time than I wanted to, but uh, I think we're all good. Okay, well, let's let's hopefully we can get back on track with... You know, uh, nobody, nobody had any clue if you didn't say anything. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> As champion, I will never lie to the people. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the AEW Dynamite Fighter Fest night number one uh, review. And holy shit! Congratulations to our new tag champion, Swerve in their glory, Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee. Oh my god, dude! I, I, I was not ready for that, man. Um, whoa, <laughs> whoa. What's going on, everyone in the chat? Juan, Big T, Purple. Juan is correct. Do not make the king angry. We just started the show. I don't, you know, it was, it's been a good day. Thank you, Big T. Welcome, my friend. You know, it's been a great day, a great episode of Dynamite. And Jeff, I would really appreciate it if you do not uh, kill the vibe, as it were. Hey, I'm not, I don't think I was going to kill anything, man. It's. It's crazy, and uh, yeah, Purple in the chat, she called it. She's like, Swerve's winning this, and I was like, I looked at her like she was insane, and wow, um, wow. I'm, I'm blown away right now. I really am. This was an awesome episode of Dynamite tonight. Um, so many people were saying, oh, there's no point in watching the, the, the last match because it's so predictable, and I'm like, uh, excuse me? What was predictable? I don't think anybody predicted this other than purple obviously <laughs> yeah and you know it was an excellent show an excellent main event it went like five minutes late which was fucking awesome loved it and yeah a real shocker of a finish i mean i think that a lot of us were predicting this breakup coming with uh keith lee and swerve strickland and we're going to talk about the main event when we get to it but yeah. you know yeah. definitely a, a shocking shocking uh results to the main event yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, let's see if I can get my bearings here, and uh, well, let's get started with the Fighter Fest Night One review. Just uh, real quick, Big T, you didn't watch the main event. You are doing yourself a yeah, disservice. Yeah, dude. Friend. I hope you didn't watch like the whole thing and be like, "Well, I know who's winning this, so I'll catch it another time." Because oh, hold on, so I don't want to start Oof. the show off like this, but I'm just gonna do it. So here's the thing, Big T. This main event was a a pay per view level fucking match that ended dynamite tonight yeah i don't want to spoil the end of the review but goddamn, this <laughs> shit was a five-star match on free tv oh wow absolutely you go back and watch it after the podcast is over absolutely all right 
All right, so we started the night off with, uh, you know, the normal Dynamite graphic. They had added some uh, some extra stuff for uh, Fighter Fest. I liked the new graphic. Uh, it looked cool. Um, so Yeah, new new song, though. I, I like the OG Dynamite song. I, I hope yeah. this is kind of a one-week song. The song didn't... Like, when the original Dynamite song comes on, I get fucking hype every Good single pump. week without fail. Uh, this This song did not do that for me um so hopefully it's just kind of a one-time thing it, it felt kind of flat for uh, an intro to a wrestling show but we'll uh we'll see what happens gotcha i gotcha um so uh we start off with uh orange cassidy versus wardlow right off the bat um orange cassidy comes out first with the best friends who now have uh manager's licenses their lawyer dan Housen uh secured them some manager's licenses so they were able to come to the ring this week uh, I love how they continued that. You know, they didn't even have to, and they they did anyway. It was it's just it's just great, man. I love I love AEW. Yeah. So uh, here's a little fun fact before we kind of get really into it. Do you know that this was the first major wrestling show um, in Savannah, Georgia, since a SmackDown taping in 2005? Wow, that's a long time. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter today, and I was like, holy shit, man, that's kind of like. WWE's got to, like, I mean, it doesn't matter now because AEW's a thing, but, man, WWE just does not tour very well. Um, yeah, that's, like, yeah, that's it, a long time. WWE, wow. Yeah, the last time WWE was in Georgia was 2005, and there was no other major promotion really traveling at the, you know, leading up to AEW. So it was just kind of AEW now doing their first show in Savannah, Georgia. Huh. Well, um, Sucks to be WWE then, because they killed it tonight, man. They absolutely killed it here in uh, Savannah, Georgia. So, um, this match, I'm kind of torn on how I should feel about it. I'm hoping that you're going to throw some stuff at me that's going to make me, you know, decide one way or the other. But okay. I'm, I'll start off. I don't think Orange Cassidy should have lasted this long against Wardlow. But that's exactly the look I thought you were going to make, and that's exactly why I hope you're going to talk me out of this. So I, I know Orange Cassidy is great. We all love Orange Cassidy. But with with what they're trying to do with Wardlow, it it, it felt like it should have been a match like the Luchasaurus match later on that we'll get to. But give me your take on this. Talk Talk me out of this. Oh, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you. No, I, I know I know my oh, thoughts Ryan. are in, in a bad place. I, I know, That's Ryan. I, I don't to... I, I don't know, Ryan. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to this man. Look. Alright, here we go. Again, I don't want to make this like a regular thing. I like this as a little gimmick. It's it's cute, it's fun, you know, and I don't want to overuse it, but like God damn it, Jeff. Like, what do you mean you didn't like this match? Mm. Hold on. So no, 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 I love the match. I love the match. But well, you did. You don't because you think Orange Cassidy should have lasted as long as Griff fucking Garrison did against Luchasaurus, no. which was about a minute. He should have lasted longer said. than that. Definitely longer than that. But hold on, okay. And Lance is also saying this. Yeah. So here's my thing. Right here's the thing you gotta understand. And this is why the match was booked perfectly. So the orange. The point of Orange Cassidy's character is that if this man put the effort into into wrestling he is skilled enough he is good enough where he would be a world champion yes that is the point of orange cassidy's character if you don't understand that point of his character the point of his character is he's just fucking lazy and he wants like if he were to like 
you know the meme of like Shaggy and like how Shaggy could like fucking decapitate Superman. It's like that. <laughs> if if Orange Cassidy gave a hundred percent all the time, this man would go undefeated week in and week out. He would beat all of our favorites. He would be the top guy in the company. He would be unstoppable. That is the point of Orange Cassidy's character. If you don't understand that, now you do. Um, yeah. And the the whole point of the character is is that Orange Cassidy's biggest adversary will always be Orange Cassidy. It will always be him just being too goddamn lazy to win the fucking win the big one. Yeah. You know, and maybe something he does win the big one. And I really hope so. Juan hit the nail on the head there. Like I even remembered that. I was like, man, we were just talking about if he could be world champ and remember i i said no i actually said no so that's why yeah, yeah we had a whole discussion and here's the thing jeff i think i think that you are just an orange cassidy hater and no, that's fine. absolutely not i love no, me no, some no, orange no, no, cassidy no, okay. but i think i'm it's actually fine. gonna agree with what mieja just just said if it would have been a squash match it would not have been as as enjoyable as it was which i do i did enjoy the match i'm just saying at the end of it i was like wow he lasted a long time against wardlow so Here's the thing. All right, so the, the, the joke's running a little thing because I have a whole point to make, so I'm going to bring it back down. So with Orange Cassidy, if this match was a squash match, it would have made no sense because of Orange Cassidy's placement in the company and his star power. He should not get squashed by Wardlow. He should not lose quickly to Wardlow. I understand Wardlow's unstoppable, and that's why the booking of this match was perfect because a good chunk of this match was drawn out using comedy, which I found hilarious. I loved yeah. the first five minutes of this match. I was extremely entertained. Oh, I love when he ripped the, ripped his pockets out. That was great. Great spot. That was great. So so that was great. And then it's just like, I love that before the match, best friends are like, we're going to fucking cheat. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about like, that. I wrote that down. He's like, we're, we're just, we're just going to fucking cheat, man. Like, Wardlow is a beast. We got to beat this guy. Orange has got to win his first title. We we're, we're gonna cheat, and then so they do like the oldest heel shit in the book, where like Cassidy is like, oh my eye, and then Trent gets on the the apron, he's ripping off the the turnbuckle cover, and then in the meantime Chuck Taylor goes under the ring and fucking grabs a chainsaw, a goddamn chainsaw, yeah, and slides in the ring, which Bryce Remsburg catches. And, and he ejects best friends. Now, fun fact, two minutes after, and I literally remember checking it because it came up on my phone. Two minutes after he was ejected, Trent t tweeted out, this is fucking bullshit. <laughs> but the funny part was Wardo looking at Chuck like, really? A chainsaw? Are you serious? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and again, this was hilarious. And then, like, you know, they, they went further. Orange Cassidy tried to use Dan Housing. And Wardlow caught him on that. And... Again, oh, that... the match starts with this comedic effect to add some time to the match. This match was booked perfectly in the sense that both guys came out looking strong. Orange Cassidy is a, regardless of how you feel about the gimmick, like you don't have to like it. This man is booked in a sense where he is a top guy in this company. He hasn't won yeah. gold, but like in terms of like talent and like the roster structure, this guy is a top guy. He is a top 10 star in this company right now so this man should not be losing handedly to wardlow he should lose to wardlow but he shouldn't lose straight up and that's Dude. why the booking of this match was so phenomenal because they went like 12 13 minutes they used some comedy to get there but once orange cassidy got going you know he was hitting some awesome moves i even wrote it down like the fucking stun dog millionaire that he had was yep. 
crazy. He kicked out of the F10, the first man in AEW to kick out of Wardlow's F10. Yeah. You know, it's like this this match in my opinion could not have gone any better. Everyone came out looking strong. It was entertaining. It was funny. Like you said, Wardlow ripped his pockets out yeah. and then Orange Cassidy goes and puts his straps Dude. back on him. Um, you know, and, and Ryan in the chat saying, did you hear Orange Cassidy's pop on his entrance? And that was for both of them. They're yeah. both extremely over. And so again, like Jeff, I know that, you know, you're trying to, you want me to kind of sway your opinion one way or the other. I thought this was an excellent match that it capitalized on both guys as characters. Uh, I do understand the critique of booking two top baby faces who really shouldn't lose to face each other. I understand that critique. But at the end of the day, I think that Orange Cassidy came very close to winning, which makes Orange Cassidy look good because Wardlow's a monster. And Wardlow beat, you know, a top guy who challenged him for his title. Uh, at the end of the match, yeah. both guys were baby faces. Wardlow picked them up. They fist bumped. And, you know, on they went. And, uh, you know, again, like, Jeff, this Orange Cassidy hate needs to stop. Like, this There's man no is hate, on the man. fucking roll. If you look at this man's month that he had, the month of July and part of June because of Forbidden Doors in June. But, like, since Forbidden Doors, since this man's returned, he has been on fire. And, God damn it, you're going to put some respect on his name. Well, if I, I hear one more week, <laughs> if I hear one more week of you saying, oh, Orange Cassidy, man, I don't know. I don't know about this, this match, this show, man. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I'm going to have to fire you the way I fired Forrest. I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm already, I might start looking for your replacement already. I mean, guys, I have in mind Big T, Juan, Jordan. I think any of these guys could be a suitable replacement. So the Orange <laughs> Cassidy slander needs to stop. If it doesn't, heads are gonna roll. I'm, 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 I'm Thank pretty you. much like Vince, man. I run the show. You can't, you can't fire you, me. You are. You, you, you know what you, you know what you are. <laughs> like vince mcmahon okay in that way only <laughs> sure that's right big t damn but, right and like this isn't even character hold on this isn't even like heel room i'm gonna take the glasses off because i'm so fucking serious i am so sick of some of these people on the internet not just you hating on orange cassidy this guy is super entertaining this guy is entertaining to the extreme he has excellent wrestling matches he's hilarious like you know, Jeff, the problem is, is that you're an old carny, just like the others, like Jim Cornette and all those guys. You're just an old carny, you know, and that's <laughs> an old carny. And, that, and that's that's the problem. <laughs> the big T, Jeff, never say you're like Vince McMahon. Right? Hey, at least he owns up to it. Anyways, so this match was <laughs> excellent. Jeff did not like this match. I was super no, entertained no. with this. Match. I did not say I was... that. I enjoyed the entire match. I just said that when it was said and done, I felt like Orange Cassidy got in too much offense. But you've talked me out of it. I remember he's had a match with Kenny Omega, you know, and, and all that stuff. So I, I, I actually did enjoy the whole match. I loved all the spots. All right, the, all right, yeah. the Wardlow cartwheel out of the Hurricane Rana was one of the coolest yeah. things I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. That was really freaking cool. Like, and I actually again, had to rewind the, it to see what just happened. Because I saw the Hurricane again, Rana. The, um, sorry. And again, that's the important thing to remember about this match is, you know, at the end of the day, Wardlow did win as he should. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you know, it was it, it was an excellent match. It was funny. It was fun. It made both guys look great crowd was super into it this is what you call a certified banger yeah I, I enjoyed the whole match like i said i just after it was said and done i was like man i was like should wardlow smashed him a little faster you know that's why i wanted your opinion so i'm well, good on well, it so I'm let good me on ask it. you this so let me ask you this so you would have had him beat orange cassidy more dominantly 
just slightly, like, without taking as much uh, damage from him. I don't see what the problem was. I mean, Orange Cassidy, he, he, he didn't get too much offense in, but he hit all his finishers and his signatures. Like, you know, he was going, yeah. he was going pretty, pretty all out there, you know? It, it was fine. I'm, I'm already talked out of it. I'm good. I'm good. I thought okay. it was a great okay. match. <laughs> good. 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 Glad. Really glad. All right. So, uh, as you said, um, basically, uh, Orange Cassidy went for, I think it was going to be the third orange punch and Wardlow catches him midair, hits him with one really good power bomb, pins him one, two, three, uh, Wardlow retains in a, you know, great match. It was a great match. Uh, Big um, T in the chat saying, speaking of Vince over the weekend, he ripped a guy a new a-hole pulling out of the WWE headquarters. I don't know if you read about that. My friend saw the whole thing go down jogging by the headquarters. Uh, huh. No, Big T, I did not hear about yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't hear about that at all. That's odd. Ryan's saying, if it had been competitive, it had been different. Orange Cassidy ran from him and slid a few moves, but got decimated at the end. Uh, well, the thing okay. is, I thought it was pretty competitive. I, again, I think that the the idea of it was perfect. Is that you're, you're right, Jeff, that Orange Cassidy should not... Orange Cassidy should not be standing a hundred percent toe to toe with Wardlow, and that's why they booked the match the way they did because it wasn't a hundred percent toe to toe. Like yes, yeah. there was a lot of shenanigans in this match with Orange Cassidy trying to win, but then it got to a point where Wardlow, being the dominant champion, face champion that he is, he completely bypassed all of the bullshit that the best friends tried to do. So at that point, Orange Cassidy's like, "Fuck, I really gotta, I gotta try here." Which again, that's his character. Yeah, and yeah, it was great. Now, uh, next up, uh, we had a quick video package for the match between Pac and um, Yumino over in Rev Pro Wrestling that we saw last night on uh, Dark, I believe. Um, yep. If you didn't see that match, definitely go watch that match. It was freaking awesome between Pac and uh, Umino. But I love how uh, I think AEW wants this to happen. They showed the crowd singing He's a bastard. He's a bastard. I want that to be a thing so bad every time Pat comes out to the ring from now on. So if all you guys can help me and help everyone and help AEW spread that around, we want that. We want that a lot. That's going to be great. Yeah, the, the UK fans are, are very um, very much like that. They're very yes. passionate. They're very rowdy. They're very riled up. Yeah. They're a lot like Philadelphia sports fans. It's funny. I've seen a lot of things over the years comparing, like, the UK fans comparing themselves to Philly sports fans, which I've always really appreciated. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, no, that's just their style. I, I do want to take a second to kind of talk about Dark yesterday. Uh, I would love for the way Dark went down last night to – be the way dark goes down moving forward i think that there's a lot of AEW talent that work outside of AEW, um and i think this is absolutely something that they should do with AEW dark <laughs> i think that it's good to have those orlando matches to kind of fill out the middle part of the show but i think if you can do it every single week have a, a AEW dark start with an opening match and, a, and the main event should be matches that are out of the promotion which again is kind of the point of the all-atlantic championship it's to have something defended across the, you know, all over the world. So I think that that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I would like to see that happen more. If we can get maybe a, an AEW guy goes over to New Japan, have that done. Maybe, you know, Tokyo Joshi Pro, which we just saw. Um, Red Pro, Ref Pro, sorry, excuse me. Uh, I loved it. And I really hope that they do that more with, uh, with Dark. It, it makes it must-see. Yep. Big T said it as well. This needs to be a thing with the international dark matches. I enjoyed it also. I thought it was great. 
Uh, so next up, uh, we had Chris Jericho coming out by himself in an incredible red suit with a black shirt. Oh, fantastic, Chris. Um, he cuts a promo on Eddie Kingston as just Chris Jericho, not, you know, the Jericho Appreciation Society Jericho, not the pain maker, not, you know, he made it a point to say this is just Chris Jericho, whatever that meant. Um, and, you know, this promo really sounded like a young Chris Jericho. Like, I, for a second, I kind of closed my eyes and I was like, dude, he sounds like the, the first time we saw him on Raw here. Uh, great, great promo. Um, he said Eddie is facing the pain maker come, uh, what did they say next week on fighter fest or yep. It's next week for fighter fest. That's what I thought he said next week. So, uh, we'll get Eddie Kingston versus the pain maker, which this version of Jericho is undefeated in AEW. So that should be nice. Uh, yes, Maduga. I saw BT. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, this was a, uh, I really love this promo. I think this is an excellent promo. Um, I don't know if I would say this was early career Jericho because I think Jericho's gotten better since early Jericho. Um, like 98, 99 Jericho, whatever it was. Yeah. But no, this was an excellent tone setter for next week because the JAS has, like, at the end of the day, Jericho, as great as he's been, the wizard thing is a comedy thing. The fireball is played off as a joke. Like, yes, he's beating the shit out of people, but it, it's generally played up to be a little bit more humorous. Um, and I think that this is exactly the promo that Chris Jericho needed to to cut tonight leading into their barbed wire everywhere match next week um it set a really serious tone and again jericho bringing out the pain maker is really cool it's a nice touch um it really is an entrance thing and yeah it's just it's gonna be a, a really really great show next week but this 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 promo really hit home and you know he's he told uh he told eddie kingston like you know he, you're not a liar you're a loser yeah uh, there there was one spot that he said uh, that I don't think the crowd really liked it at all. When he, he mentioned like mental health, the crowd really started to boo him on that one and started chanting for Eddie. So, uh, well, he's, he's definitely heel. getting he's that heat. To. Yeah. He's supposed to, it's, yeah, it's of course, the point yeah. of it, you know? <clears throat> all right. Next up was uh, Eddie actually cutting a real quick promo on Jericho with uh, Ruby riot. Uh, I'm sorry, Ruby Soho <laughs> standing off to one side. And who who was on the other side there? Uh, Ortiz. It was Ortiz. I don't think either of them said anything, but he cut a quick promo and he did his thing and walked off. I can't wait for this match. This is going to be the final match between these two, hopefully. Um, but they've definitely I got wish... it to the point where I'm super excited for it. I am too. I wish that they would have given Eddie a little bit more time here. I thought that... It yeah. felt kind of rushed. I mean, he had he's had plenty of time to talk and plenty of promos, and I don't think it was needed for Eddie to respond here. Um, and, you know, the fact that they did, I would have liked to seen it go few, like another 20 or 30 seconds. I feel like it didn't have time to really breathe. He just, he just kind of, like, showed up, and he's like, all right, cool, let's do it. But, like, I don't know. I wasn't... It wasn't bad. It, you know, for 30... For 25 seconds or whatever it was, 15 seconds, it was good. It was just... I, I think that the it would have benefited from either not doing it or just giving it another minute or so to let it. Gotcha. Be yeah. I got you. Yeah. All right. Next up was Kanosuke Takashita versus John Moxley with uh William Regal on commentary. And Holy shit. This was a freaking banger, man. This match was absolutely fantastic. The crowd was super into this match. Um, you know, they start off with a chop battle back and forth, chopping the living daylights out of each other. Um, 
I love how Regal mentioned at the start of the match that Takashita has been kind of like in the corner watching all of their training sessions and like mm-hmm. taking notes. Uh, do you think that's a hint that Takashita might be joining the Blackpool Combat Club, or was that just kind of saying he's trying to figure out Moxley? Um, if I had to guess, I would say Takeshita's not joining the Blackpool Combat Club. Um, I feel like he's just kind of doing a tour here in AEW. He's yeah. not signed. Um, so I don't know how long we're going to see him, but like, he's been, he's been awesome, man. He's been killing. He's been working really hard. He's been having bangers with Mox and Kingston against that strong style, that hard hitting style. And you know, this, again, this was a excellent match. It's just like you said, it was a banger and, uh, man, I wrote in my notes, just, it was hard hitting, but Takeshita is just extremely talented. Like this guy definitely has a future and. You know, he could do really well here in the States if he chooses to, like, stay yeah. in the States. He He's he's incredible. He's got a dropkick that's just textbook perfect. It's beautiful, all that stuff. Um, So, great match. Uh, Takashita hits um, Moxley with a suplex on the apron. Um, they come back from a commercial. Mox's nose is bleeding and Takashita's forehead's busted open. Did you happen to catch the in the picture in picture where that happened? No, unfortunately, most times I don't catch picture in picture just because, you know, I I don't miss a second of the action like when it's out of commercial break. So yeah. I always am like using the bathroom or grabbing a drink or seeing what the wife's up to, just kind of checking in with her. So I don't always catch a uh, picture in picture. So I did not I did not see that now. Yeah, I missed it as well. But somewhere there, uh, Takashita and Moxley both got busted open. Um, which I actually think did add to the match. I know AEW does blood a lot, but uh, this this I think it did add to this match uh, pretty pretty good here. Um, you know, they actually made me think Takashita was going to win here one, once or twice. You know, I thought because of where they positioned this match in the card, we might see that upset. Um, but, you know, uh, we had a brutal, brutal finish at the end. Um this this match was incredible. This brutal finish, blue thunder bomb, two count, huge paradigm shift from Mox to come back, hits him with the elbows. Takashita counters a second um, paradigm shift, but Mox hits him with the Death Rider version of the paradigm shift and puts him in the bulldog choke and gets him to tap. And I loved that visual of uh, Mox holding him in that bulldog choke and bloody face, getting him to tap, to tap out. Just, just wow, man. I, that's what I wrote at the end of this. I wrote down just, just wow. Like what a, what yeah. a great match. Um, we don't have to go over it right now. I do have a little bit of a Sasha Banks news that just came in through Fightful. Um, right. nothing too big. Would you want me to go over it now, or do you want to you want me to hold it? Uh, let's hold it till the end. Okay. Um. So yeah, man. This this match was incredible. Mox gets the win. Um. Yeah, I just I don't know what else to say about the match. It was just great. If you didn't get to see it tonight, guys, this is the one match I definitely recommend you guys seeing from from tonight. So, yeah, Big T in the chat saying he loves the idea of Mox defending the title, but they have to be extremely careful with this weekly thing. He gets injured, AW in even more trouble than they are right now. Um, I mean, he's not really getting he's just he's getting busted open. I mean, but getting busted open's not anything yeah. new. I mean, he'll yeah, have a I really mean, true, uh, you know. I don't think that they worry about stuff like that, you know. Um, you know, back no, in the ge- and- back in the day, guys would work weekly easily. There's no house shows and stuff like that going on with AEW, so it's one match a week, you know. 
And and another thing, I don't think that the AW is not going to be scared of injuries. That's something that they're never going to do as yeah. a company. Um, they have plenty of talent, and even if they were to run a little thin, like they will, they're not going to run their shows that way. They're they want to put on good shows. They're not going to they'll they'll let people get healthy. They're not just going to throw people out there. But they're not going to they're they're not going to compromise a good show. And uh, honestly, I don't think any of any if you know if you know if all of the performers, I don't think that they would be okay with that either. I have yet yeah. to see anybody in AEW phone in a phone in a a performance, so oh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't see that happening. Nope. All right. Uh, next up, we got a quick promo from the House of Black, starting with uh, Julia Blackheart. And they are calling her that now. If you didn't see the T-shirt, she has a Julia Blackheart T-shirt. So that's actually really cool. I really um, want to buy that T-shirt. Yeah, it's actually really nice. Uh, I I am such a big fan of this Julia Hart chain. She was on um, Elevation this week. She's just, it's great. It was such a yep. great call. And it was great booking to have her join the House of Black. She's killing it right now. And I'm super happy for her. Yep, absolutely. Um, and basically the whole House of Black cut a promo on uh, Darby Allen. If you guys didn't see, um, you know, Brody King showed up to a signing with Darby Allen and powerbombed him, or I'm sorry, choke slammed him through a table. And that was nasty looking. <laughs> uh, it was going to be our broken table of the week until uh, tonight happened with another awesome uh, spot with uh, Luchasaurus, which happened right up here next so next up was uh, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus coming out to the ring. And I don't even think we got to see the Varsity Blondes uh, walk to the ring, um, but they were they were out there and Christian started cutting a pretty good promo on uh, Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, you know, started to go after his dad, but said, you know, your dad was actually decent, but pretty much compared to me, no, he, he was he, just he average. Said his, his, dad was, his dad was average, at but best. at least he had yeah. contributed to the business. And he said, however, your dad would probably be uh, really regret the fact that his last contribution to wrestling was you. And I'm like, God damn it. Christian. Yeah, <laughs> that was oh a good one. God. And then they do this thing where so Luchasaurus faces Griff Garrison. Right. And Whew. I fucking love this because Christian Christian's like, who does he look like? He fucking looks like Jungle he Boy. looks just and like Jungle friends, Boy. This, my friends, let me let me explain this to you. So, for those of you that don't know, in early AEW days, well, it was more so the pandemic, so I don't know if it was necessarily early. In BTE, there was a joke, right, where the Dark Order, back when the Dark Order was relevant and meant something, um, Brody Lee, RIP, was des well, not desperate, but he demanded people be recruited to the Dark Order. So uh, Silver and Reynolds, that was their job. They were the recruiters of the Dark Order. Mm -hmm. They went and Brody Lee wanted Jungle Boy to join the Dark Order. So for a few weeks, they couldn't find Jungle Boy. And then one week, Silver and Reynolds are super excited. They call Brody Lee into their little nook at Daly's place. And they say, Mr. Brody, Mr. Brody, we got him. And they turn... <laughs> They, you had to say something, the chair, damn it. <laughs> they turn the chair around, and it's fucking Griff Garrison. And they're like, it's Jungle Boy. And Brody Lee's like, that's not Jungle Boy. That's Griff Garrison. And, and John Silver, bless his heart, says, 
who the, who the fuck, fuck is, is Griff, Griff Garrison? Garrison? And and there are certain lines that stick with a man, and that is a line that literally every single time I see Griff Garrison, every single goddamn time, <laughs> I say, "Who the fuck is Griff Garrison?" And, and I loved that they did this. I don't think it was necessarily a callback. If it was, it's even better. But it really was a throwback that I really loved. That of course they were like Griff Garrison looks exactly like Jungle Boy. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> so really loved it. So uh, Griff Garrison gets squashed with two choke slams, uh, finished him off, and the tar pits submission is what uh, Luchasaurus is calling his version of the snare trap. Um, if you haven't seen it, he does the snare trap, but he wraps the person's arm around their own neck and gives them a shoulder, you know, whatever that is, Vulcan death grip on their other shoulder, and it looks brutal. Um, so Luchasaurus taps him out, and Pillman starts to get involved, and he gets his ass kicked, and Luchasaurus puts him on the timekeeper's table, lays him out, and then he choke slams Griff Garrison onto Brian Pillman Jr., and the table does not break, and it looked, it looked solid, man. Like it looked like it should have broke. That was a pretty tough choke slam, but Christian tells him pick him up, do it again, and he puts him through the table this time. And I think we have our broken table of the week. Um, it'll be definitely be going up later tonight as a runner for the broken table of the week, and we'll have to see if anything goes down on the Fighter Fest night two on Rampage. But we'll get to that. Um, so this, this was great. I love Luchasaurus in this black gear, everything about what's going on with Christian and Luchasaurus. I am all in on this right now. I absolutely love it. Love it. Yeah, I completely agree. This is just, it's an excellent character. The heel's awesome. Luchasaurus kind of being, at the end of the day, Luchasaurus joining Christian is just perfect. And, you know, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, that's a match we're going to get when he comes back and excuse me and jungle boy you know he knew luchasaurus for like a decade so it's you know yeah it's good storytelling absolutely love it man and you know thank you to everybody watching us here on youtube tonight if you guys have not please hit that subscribe button uh maybe hit that like button and throw a comment in chat for us you know we're answering all questions and everything like that so thank you guys very much for everybody being here um let's try to hit that uh 10 let's hit try to hit 10 likes tonight uh let's try to hit that uh number 10 with number 10 so coming up after this was a this was a Jericho Appreciation Society promo with uh, it was 2.0 and Daniel Garcia with uh, Tony Tony Schiavone, and eventually uh, this just kind of evolved into Daniel Garcia challenging Wheeler Utah at Death Before Dishonor for the Pure Championship, uh, right? Um, kind of. The match has already been announced, so I. A few things I did like the Angelo Parker. He he's got that comb that looks like a knife, and he pulls a knife out on Shivani basically. And I thought that was just that was really funny. And Menard's like, take it easy. It's just a comb. It's just a comb. Um, I didn't. And, and I then, didn't yeah, Daniel Garcia. That. He's what was it? I missed that. I didn't see the knife comb. Yeah, he pulls. He he's got this comb that he keeps brushing his hair with, and um, like basically. Yeah, well, it looks like a switchblade, but it's just a comb. But so, um, 2.0 want to know why 
the Blackpool Combat Club and Ortiz and everyone and Ruby, they're not going to be in a cage too above the above the Shark Tank. Um, in which case they get upset because Shivani doesn't know, which is why they pull the comb on him, even though again it looks like a switchblade. Yeah, <laughs> which is just a really funny image. Um, and so then they leave, and Daniel Garcia is there, and then he kind of talks about Wheeler Yuta a little bit more. Um, Big T asking if there's an update on CM Punk. So I'll say that there's no uh, words of an update. However, if you go back and watch the All Out promo, um, which is taking place in Chicago, September 4th, it does show CM Punk. Yes. So which would, would align with my previous predictions that we will see CM Punk return it all out. Yeah, and you know, if you think about it, Tony Tony waited to announce the date for All Out until after we know Punk is no longer on crutches. So I think he kind of waited for a doctor to give him an idea of like, yo, when are, when is he supposed to be back? You know, like give me an idea. So I think they planned it around that. Um, I agree to an extent. I I do think that there is some optimism that he's going to be good to go by All Out. Um, yeah. I think. Are we going to All Out? I wish. We're, we're right now. We're trying to. We're considering going to Arthur Ashe. We want to go to Grand Slam. Yeah, going to Grand um, Slam. Yeah, I mean, if Jeff wants to buy tickets to All Out instead, you know, we can figure it out. No, they just announced they're starting ticket sales on Friday. They're, I wouldn't be able to do that this early, so, you know, we're, we're going to be doing Arthur Ashe almost for sure. Okay, all right, that's fine. Well, yeah, so yeah. We're, we're, we're aiming for Grand Slam. I wish we were going All Out, but unfortunately, uh, maybe next year. Yeah. Um, what was the and then Juan also uh, he's expecting a bloody match between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. I would say temper your expectations in terms of the blood. It's yeah. going to be under pure rules, which is more of a technical wrestling and no punches style. to the face. Yeah, yeah, you only get one legal punch to the face. You, the only three rope breaks. It's disqualification countouts are a thing. Yeah, uh, champion loses the title in in the in the disqualification and a countout. There's no yeah, champion's I see, advantage. I don't see any color in that match at all. Nope. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna get an excellent wrestling match, but oh, don't yeah. I, just temper expectations. It's gonna be a great wrestling match, but don't expect a, a bloody match. They now could they have a match later on down the line that kind of blows over their feud that's bloody? Yeah, probably. That's definitely a possibility. Yeah. But uh go into that match with the expectations of it being a, a wrestling classic, not a not a bloodbath. Agreed, hundred percent. All right, so next up was a promo with Hangman Adam Page and Tony Schiavone. Um, Hangman didn't get to say much before uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds uh, showed up and kind of cut a promo saying that they were going to wrestle the House of Black. Uh, that, that's who they were talking about, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So okay. we're just going to make this a weekly thing where it's going to be positive Rome and negative Rome. Until we see something happen. Um, Negative Rome originally came out for this uh, this segment. And I was very down on it. I was very like, well, this just sounds like what the Dark Order always does. Which is just do some BS match on, you know, Rampage slash Elevation slash Dark. So, you know, that was where Negative Rome went to. Positive Rome went to, like, surely the House of Black are going to beat the shit out of the Dark Order. <laughs> like, I, I feel like that is a safe bet, that that they're going to shellac the Dark so, Order. I'm actually hoping for a heel turn somehow here on the Dark Order. 
I hope that here. they attack Hangman and we start to get hints of, you know, the Wyatt Six, man. Yeah, I, I mean, that again, that's where Positive Rome is. Cause, so again, Positive Rome is like, maybe this is going to go down the line of them getting beat and it starts happening. There's a segment later on in the night that kind of also concerns me in terms of Positive Rome. Um, but we'll see. Big T asking if there are any other uh, matches announced for Ring of Honor pay-per-view. Uh, the only thing that was confirmed slash announced tonight was that we are getting uh, FTR versus the Briscoes 2 at uh, Death Before Dishonor. And we're also getting uh, Jay Lethal versus Samoa Joe. Yeah, that was already confirmed, though. Yeah, I, I think he said any other, so I think, you know, he was looking for all of them there. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's that one. There's Daniel Garcia versus... Wheeler Yuta for the pure championship. Yeah. And then I think that's all we have right now. And the women, I mean, it's not announced, but we're clearly going towards Serena oh, yeah. D versus Mercedes. Yeah, Martinez. Serena D versus Mercedes is almost for sure. Not confirmed, but we're going to, we're probably going to hear a little bit more before next week and we'll probably yeah. get that match. All right. Next up was Claudio Castagnoli versus Jake Hager in a really, really good match. man. um, I, I enjoyed this a lot. These two guys, you know, I'm not too huge on Jake Hager these days. I feel like he's getting a little past uh, his prime there, but these guys put on a banger. Uh, couldn't have asked for more. Claudio started off 100 miles an hour with his uh, uppercut into the corner. Um, the We the People chance, man. I was not expecting the We the People chance. Why? I don't know why you wouldn't. That was a very popular tag team. It was, but like I, you know, AEW fans like usually stay away from the the E stuff, but I guess not. <laughs> Jeff, here's the thing, right? Here we go again. Okay, so thing you gotta understand, and I wrote this in my notes. Number one, Big T, I hope you get those tickets. I really do. I want I want to see you go, whether you make a sign or not. Uh, Juan, that would be pretty cool to have Brody Lee Jr. turn on the Dark Order. Anyways, I don't know if that would be possible. They could yeah. maybe do something. They could, they could maybe do something. Anyway, I wrote in my notes, Jeff, and there's a thing in wrestling called continuity. History. And one of the great things about AEW is, is that they are not afraid to acknowledge. They're not afraid to acknowledge that, you know, our fandom didn't begin with AEW. Well, not most of us anyway. You know, and that's okay. And we the people, the All-Americans, as they were called, if I, I could be wrong about that, but I think they were called the All-Americans. Uh, this team was extremely over and extremely popular. When they made the team, they were heels, and they had to turn them face because of the, the great response, the great reaction. And even though I despise the Fed... And I hope Vince McMahon burns in hell. That doesn't mean I'm going to completely overlook all the things that I did enjoy previously. And I think a lot of fans are the same way. And I think it's really cool on AEW's part to continue to acknowledge that WWE does exist. And, you know, Claudio Castanoli had a career in WWE. And Jake Hager had a career in WWE. Yeah. And so, yes, the fans really like this tag team. And that's the other thing that another reason why, in my opinion, I think a lot of these things happen sometimes with AEW fans is that like, like in WWE, like they broke that team up so quickly, so soon that fans didn't get all of the, the cheering out, you know, they were happy. They're excited to see this, these two guys together. And then they just kind of did nothing with them. Um, 
So yes, Jeff, the fans remember things like that and they enjoy things like that. You know, it's called, it's called history. You don't forget your history, Jeff. No. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was great and you were right. They were called the real Americans, which Claudia is not a real American, which is even funnier. <laughs> well, that was part of the gimmick originally. They were like, because that's why that's why it made no sense. But it was so funny was because if you recall, when it was just uh, Jake Hager and uh, Dutch Mantel, I can't remember what his WWE name was. But Zeb was Coulter. His other... Zeb Coulter. That's what it was. Thank you. And um, the the joke was is that originally they were kind of controversial, like they like in a sense like they were kind of political. They were yeah. like openly like, yeah, immigration's bad, and that's the problem with the country. It's all these immigrants coming in and stuff, and they took some political stances in the character. Um, and then it was funny when, when at the time Cesaro, Cesaro joined, joined the team and they were like, Oh, he got his citizenship. He did it the right way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And again, it, it's cool. And I love that the fans, you know, AW fan base, like that, that, like that's my people, man. And I, like, if I was there, I also would have chanted we the people. And I thought that it was really cool, and I really appreciated that. And I appreciate AEW mentioning it a few times. Like, this wasn't, like, a quick one-off line. They were like, these guys were a tag team, and they're not a tag team anymore. And now they're here in AEW. Yeah, I agree with what Big T says, only uh, no Strowman. I don't think we're going to see Strowman in AEW. I don't think they touch him with a 10-foot pole as long as he's attached to whatever that other... I forget what it's called. Control your control your narrative. Yeah, control your narrative. All right. So um Claudio wins this with a huge pop up uh uppercut. Hits him with a um Uranagi and what they called a Ricola bomb. Um it was a really cool power bomb where he crossed Hager's arms before he picked him up for the power bomb. Uh Ricola bomb. I like it like the uh Remember the cough drops, the Ricola. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I wonder of. if that was kind of the point of it. Um, you forgot to mention he, uh, Claudio does a six one nine in this match. That was yes. really fun. Yes, he did. He does a six one nine in this match. I wrote in my notes that Claudio Castanoli just fits here. He does. Like again, like the fans are chanting "We the People," and he smiled. He appreciated that. You know, he, he's going around. He's having such a great time. He's fist bumping the fans when he can. He's having excellent matches. He's, you know, he's doing great work. And it's just, it's really awesome to see. You want to see stuff like that. And and Claudio has said in a few interviews already, like, he's like, yeah, I love it here. This is fucking awesome. And he, he just feels like he fits. He just feels like he fits in, like, to what AEW is. Um, Completely And that's agree. really cool. Completely agree. So Claudio picks up the win. Um, great match. Um, you know, nothing, nothing super special, nothing to write home about, but great match between the two. Nice, uh, nice reminiscing there, you know, with their old tag team. And I think they had a match against each other a couple times in the E as well. So pretty, pretty good, pretty good all around. Uh, next yeah, up was, was Jake Hager's better matches. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. It was one of Jake Hager's better matches, but I think that was yeah. mostly on Claudio there. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes two to tango. Yeah, definitely, Big T. We could continue that in Discord for sure. Um, next up was something that, you know, even though they've been doing this, it confused the hell out of me. Lexi Nair has an interview with Hook. She asks Hook, you know, hey, do you think that you deserve a title shot? And he just looks at her and walks away, and that's it. 
And I'm just like, Ugh. why are you confused? Because we've heard him talk before. You know what I mean? And we've heard other people kind of step in and talk for him. Like, to just walk away was odd. I think they were just telling us, hey, maybe we're going to throw Hook into a title shot sometime. And I'm like, I don't get this. What was it? I don't know why you're confused. This This is what they've been doing. Yeah, but what was the point of asking that question about a title shot? Well, you have a point They're They're pointing out that he's undefeated and that at some point he's going to get a title shot soon against someone. Okay. But yeah, that was, that was the point. But again, hook doesn't, especially with Lexi Nair. And I don't know if you noticed this because like usually like Alex Marvez can get him to kind of get mad and he'll say something. But Lexi Nair is like the one person that has not been able, like not the one person, but she's been unable to get him to crack really. And like, it was funny because she even kind of sighed like with frustration at the end of the promo. I don't know if you caught and I did too. And I did. And I don't know if there's anything to it. It could be nothing, but you know, she, she asked hook this question. Hook just stares at her, blows her off and walks away without even like any sort of response. And she's just like, like she's frustrated. Like she seemed mad. And, I, and it could just be nothing, but it's like at the end of the day, even if it is nothing, like that's just Hook's character. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't care. He's not going to answer the question. Yeah, he doesn't need to answer the question. He lets his his ring work do the talking for him. And, and like when he says does he... respond, it's because somebody like Alex Marvez pisses him off. He's not going to hit Lexi Nair. Yeah, he'll hit uh, Big Marvez. T says uh, he can't believe she's DDP's stepdaughter. Oh, that's that's cool. I didn't actually know that. Uh, Juan asks, do you guys see Hook becoming AEW champion? Um, yes. If he grows into a, you know, a larger sized body, I absolutely see him become a champion one day for sure. So we're still really early in AEW's life, all things considered. You know, we're just we're just over a little over three years. Yeah. The thing people have to remember, and we're not remember, but it's just something to keep in mind as we go forward is they are going to take their time with creating these stars. Like, yes, they're making these guys relevant now, but like in like five years when CM Punk is done, when Brian Danielson's done, when Jericho's done, when Mox is probably pretty much done, I can't, you know, when, when, when these guys right now who are at the top are done, they're going to have these other guys who are going to take their spots. And, you know, Hook is part of that next generation. You got, you know, the, the Pillars, you got Darby, you got Sammy, you got Jungle Boy. I still to this day do believe you have MJF, you have yeah. Hook, et cetera, et cetera. You know, there, there's a lot of young talent here that they're not going to rush things. They are going to naturally, kind of like Wardlow, like Wardlow's story, people don't realize Wardlow's storyline is a day one just about AEW storyline. This, this storyline lasted three years you know, to get Wardlow to the TNT championship. Excuse me. Um, so be patient. Yes. Like I could see hook winning the world championship, but not for a long time. Yeah. Not because he can't do it, but because they're going to take their time to establish these people. So like when, when one of them do win the world title, like when jungle boy wins the world championship, because jungle boy will be a world champion in AEW someday. When jungle boy wins that world championship, it's going to mean something. There's going to be emotion behind it. And, and that goes for all these guys. You know what I mean? I can't wait to see Ricky Starks win that TNT championship one day, man. That's going to look good on him. Yeah, I could see Ricky Starks winning the world championship either. He's, he's come a long way from getting beat up by Ryback in catering. Yeah, I, I, I do feel like he fits that TNT title first, though. I definitely want to see that because Ricky Starks is fantastic. His new yeah, figure looks sick, too. I can't wait to get his figure. 
Starks and Hobbs. Ugh. All right, so next up was a promo between Thunderstorm and Britt Baker with Jamie Hayter. Uh, this was a great promo between these two groups here. Um, Britt Baker handed uh, Tony Schiavone a sandbag for, uh, for Rosa there. Uh, that was really, really good for those of us that pay attention on the old Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was savage. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, was. I, it was funny because I felt like it didn't go over very well on Twitter. Like when I was on Twitter after the promo, it seemed like a lot of people didn't really like it. Um, they probably didn't get it. No, they got it. They just didn't like it. A lot of the people that I saw on Twitter. Okay. Um, but, you know, I thought it was I thought it was really cool. I yeah, thought I thought it was, it was great. Yeah, I thought it was savage. It's it's exactly the character that Britt plays. Britt plays that 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 you know dickhead heel. So, uh, or in this case, that bitch heel. So yeah. it's you know it is what it is. I also like the the little try carrying that for a month. Like, oh, that was funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it was it was a good promo. Glad to see um, Britt and Jamie back, especially Jamie Hater. I'm a hater, so. Oh, I'm yeah. absolutely a hater. I can't wait to see her get her dues. Um, that's going to be a great match when it happens, so I can't wait for that. Uh, next up was Serena D versus Anna J in her hometown. Um, this was a great, decent match. Uh, had one messy spot, you know, a little botch happened there, but you know, it is what it is between you know some some of the ladies there. Um. There was a really nice Northern Lights suplex. Uh, Serena D basically locks in the, the Serenity lock and taps Anna J out in her hometown. I was not expecting that. Uh, you know, Tony usually lets people win in their hometown. So you think he was trying that's to be not, unpredictable that's not 100% here? Or? True. Well, no, so number one, it's not 100% true. Wheeler, you lost in Philadelphia last true. time. True. I, I said usually, you know. <laughs> I understand. Um, if you thought Anna J was winning this match, though, I mean, I don't I don't know what to tell you. This was this was kind of by the book uh booking right here. Um a few things that I think about this match. Number 1, it is so damn impressive to me how smart and I understand, you know, it's wrestling and stuff like that, but her in-ring tech the in-ring technique of Serena Deeb just seems so smart and it fits yeah. her character so well that like she's the professor, she's this veteran, she's the the woman of a thousand holds and like she just like I'm watching this match and just the way she's countering Anna Jay just seems so like she's a veteran. Like you're watching this and it's like if you know anything but you don't know who Serena Deeb is, your first thought should be like, man, she's a veteran. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. Um. And the second thing I wrote down was that like Anna Jay, uh, you know, we talk about a lot of these other women wrestlers improving as AEW has gone on, but like Anna Jay is one of those girls. She is underrated. I thought this was a really good showing by her. She's had some great matches with Jade recently, and this is, was another really good match for her. Um, I think she's really underrated. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, the, the one spot that they had that little bit of a botch on the overhead uh, suplex, I think that was actually Serena Deeb was supposed to to pull her down. She kind of just fell down, and it made it look like it was her fault, but I think that was on Deeb there. But uh, yeah, Serena Deeb is she's great too, man. The, the, you know, she's the the female William Regal, as Juan says. It's great. Yep, I like it. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, good match. But I was really hoping that something with Christian was gonna happen here, since we all know Anna Jay is connected with Jungle Boy. Um, but no, that didn't happen. Uh, they used this for an angle for um, Serena Deeb wouldn't let go of the submission, and we got Mercedes Martinez to come out for the save. 
Uh, she kicked Serena Deeb out of the ring, and you know I think we're almost for sure gonna get that match at uh, <clears throat> Death Before Dishonor. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that's just the way we're going. Yep. All right. So next up was a promo with uh, Stokely Hathaway and Jade Cargill with the baddies, um, and this might be another one that I was confused on. And they hate this new baddie. Um, why do they hate her so much? Why? I'm not sure why you're confused by these very by the book promos, Jeff. Because Stokely, I thought he already convinced them to let her join, no. and they were kind of like, okay, whatever. But now they were like, nah, fuck this bitch. Like, <laughs> what do you what do you mean? Last so last week we left them, they were like not on board, and Stokely's like, trust me, he's like he's keeping it together, but very very loosely, like not even not even Layla Gray likes Stokely Hathaway. So it's like there is no. Um, there is no friendship there and it continued yeah. this week where there's just no friendship. They don't like her. Stokely wants them to have the numbers. Uh, Layla Gray wants to be a Layla Gray thinks that she's worthy of being with them. It's not that she wants to be a baddie. She thinks that she's on the same level as Jade. That's her reason for wanting to hang with Jade. Okay. Jade and Kiera do not like Layla Gray because Jade beat Layla. And also Jade did not welcome or invite Layla to join the baddies. So the whole, you know, yeah, I know Juan. It's the problem is Juan is that sunglasses aren't needed, man. (laughs) As the broken predictions champion, right? As the, as your broken predictions champion, I watched the show, you know, I'm what you call a smart fan. Okay. (laughs) I'm not a smart, but I'm a smart fan. And it's just, Jeff is really confused by these they're not bad. They're just by the book promos. It's a natural progression of a storyline, Jeff. I, I, I know you. I know you're a Fed fan, and to you, these things, you know, you're used to like camera cuts every like five milliseconds, right, and stuff like <laughs> that. And that's that's just generally what you're into. But here, like in pro wrestling and good pro wrestling, they're like we have progression. But so I'm I'm a little confused as to your confusion with these promos. They're very. You know, it, it's not bad. Like, I, I don't want to use the word basic and it come off as bad. It's basic progression in a storyline in a promo. And, okay. and that's what I think about this promo. I think it was a good promo. We're just continuing this storyline. We're leading more towards, you know, Athena and Chris Statlander challenging Jade. You know, we're getting there. I feel like we're trying to buy time till all out. That's my personal opinion of what we're trying to do right now. I think we're still uh, over a month out. So they're just trying to... They're trying to figure out what they want to do. I, I'm, I'm going to assume that we're going to get Athena versus Stat, uh, Athena versus Jade within the next month or so, and then that'll set up for Chris Statlander versus Jade at All Out. That's my, okay. that's what I think is going to happen. So, but no, I mean to to ease your confusion, just look at it this way: things are not okay in the baddies. Um, Red Velvet's hurt. Stokely Hathaway sees value in numbers, which he's okay. not wrong. The numbers have led to Jade having success, which is why Layla Gray is part of the baddies. Jade and Kira do not like do not like uh, Layla. Stokely likes Layla. Layla likes Jade. Layla does not like Stokely. So, question for you: So, with this sure. with this progression here, do you think they're progressing towards? her actually joining the baddies eventually like her doing something to gain their trust 
Or do you think that they're just using her until Red Velvet comes back and then they're going to beat her up? Like, where do you First think it's all, headed? Well, so I'll say this. Thank you, Avogado. At least somebody understands. Respect. Thank you, Big T, you know, for agreeing with me. That's why you're a, a former and still in the running for this week for Broken Predictions podcast fan of the week. Broken Tables podcast fan of the week. Anyways, uh, yes, I do think, in my opinion, this leads to Layla Gray joining the baddies. Um, whether that means okay. that they kick out Red Velvet or they kick out Hogan or they roll with a bigger squad, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of possibilities there. But I do think that eventually Jade is going to Jade is going to allow Layla. Something's gonna happen where Jade will be fine with Layla, you know, being a baddie. Yeah, and Juan, I don't even know if I want to touch that, but it is what it is. <laughs> That's all I don't I'll think say. it matters. I don't think it matters. I mean, I, I yeah. don't look at it that way. So I mean for me it's like, are you a good wrestler? Are you good at what you do? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one there, Avocado. Uh, could she possibly cost Jade her first loss and cost her the title and somehow join the other girls? Ah, we have a trio, trios uh, feud. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that that is also a way they could go about it. I don't know 100% which way the story is going to go, but at least in terms of addressing um, poor old man Jeffrey's confusion that it is just a, it's just a, you know, it's a storyline, it's progression of the storyline. There is a lot of mistrust in the baddies right now. Let's just leave it at that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, let's see here. Next up was Jay Lethal showing up on the commentary table and like picking up the microphone from a headset uh, to cut a promo. I actually really liked this. It was something super different. I'm not sure I've ever seen somebody cut a promo in AEW by running over and grabbing the mic like that. Has anybody done that? Yeah, it's happened a few times. Okay. It just okay. it felt really refreshing for me uh, instead of just cutting yeah. a promo in the ring or like backstage, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It yeah, they've done it before. Um kind of sucked because it seemed like the headset uh had some technical difficulties. Um but yeah, no, I think this was good. We're we're leading up towards uh Death Before Dishonor, which is which is great. It's really cool. Yeah, I, I mean, so I guess I'll touch on it, Juan. I do agree with you, Juan, but also at the same point, I, I agree with Big T that it, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I just, just you know. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think Juan meant anything by it, and I, no, yeah. I, I get what he's saying. I mean, you know. Yeah, but yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think it's that 50, big of a deal you know? one way or the other, you know. No, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Unless, uh, yeah, we're just not going to go there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so next up was Anna J backstage in the uh, what was the it looked like the doctor's room and they were checking out her knee because Serena Deeb wouldn't let go of the submission. Um, and Ty Conti shows up. Uh, I, I don't know if I liked this. Uh, she said you need to make better career choices like insinuating leave the dark order when they, just a week ago, you know, they were like, we're the six. We're not going anywhere. I didn't like this. I thought it was weird. I thought maybe I was getting my Christian moment, but no. So, positive, negative, Rome time. Because, again, this is just how the Dark Order makes me feel inside. Yeah. So, positive, Rome. Actually, no. Negative, Rome was a lot more prevalent in this promo. 
if if they're doing a storyline where Anne and Jay is going to leave the Dark Order, right? If they're going to do that, then you would have to assume that because Ty Conti is not going to join Wyndham. That's not that doesn't make sense. No. So if if Anna Jay is going to go hang out with Ty instead of the Dark Order, one would assume that the Dark Order is going to lose another member. Um, which you could also argue that maybe the Wyndham, the Wyatt Six would include Eric Redbeard. We could go that route. Yeah. But assuming that this is just a very simple storyline where they are going to take Anna Jay and she's going to leave the Dark Order and she's going to make this team with Ty Conti and continue to be um, Ty J, Tay J, whatever yeah, they call it. did love Tay J. I love J- Tay J too. Um, I just don't know, like, the, the tease here is that Anna Jay leaves the Dark Order to hang out with Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara and the JAS. That's, that's how I read this. Um, but if they instead decide to like, so for me, that's a negative. Cause if they're just going to like take a few more guys out of the dark order, a few more members, and it's just going to be like three or four guys, it's, it's going to be negative Rome. It's going to be, okay, well, this is just, this is just the dark order being an elevation, um, dark again, not to, not to discredit those shows, but it's they're They're just going to be a whatever team. That, that does filler matches, you know, yeah, and I hope, it sucks. I hope Miyoja's right there. I hope it is a Tay versus Jay feud instead of a tag team. I actually, I think they'll work together well in the ring. Well, then, so here's my other problem with that also is that, so, you know, if, if the idea is Wyndham com- is coming soon to, you know, take over the Dark Order, who's, I don't know, because here's the thing, if, 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 Wyndham takes over the Dark Order. People are going to cheer Wyndham, and people are going to cheer the Dark Order. But would it be wrong to say that that's probably going to be a heel turn, technically? Yeah. Because then at that point you're doing a heel tie versus a heel J, and does that work? Does that make sense? Hmm. And, and again, it's just I agree with Big T. I am surprised it didn't happen. Yeah, sooner, I am too. Again, yeah. that's just the Dark Order limbo, man. You you're in the Dark Order and you just do nothing. You just you just float. <laughs> it's the truth. So I don't know. I negative Rome was kind of here for this. And it was a very like, again, it's cool that Anna Jay and Ty Conti are going to do something. I, I like, I love both of them in terms of their talent and the in-ring and the character. And, you know, I think they're both phenomenal, but you know, in terms of us hoping that this story with the dark order gets fixed with, you know, new leadership or something. I don't think that this segment uh, leads in that direction, which is kind of a bummer. Um, yeah. Positive Rome wants to think that kind of, I think it was, it could be Maduga. I don't remember who, I don't know who just said it, but about um, Anna versus Ty. Who, who said that? That was Miyoja, yes. Was it Juan or Maduga? Yeah, it was okay. Miyoja. Okay, Miyoja. Um, So, like, if that's what they're doing, then that could lead to Ty beating Anna Jay and leading towards the Dark Order that they're just losers and they need new leadership. That's that's positive, Rome. You know, so we'll see what happens. I mean, I think there's two ways to look at it. But yeah, I mean, you know, this one of those let, let's let it play out. But you know, it, oh, sure. it was what it was. It was quick, no big deal. All right, next up was our main event: the Young Bucks versus Starks and Hobbs versus Swerve in their glory. Swerve and Keith Lee. Um, 
We had another two-man in the ring, three-way tag again. Um, I guess I just need to get over that because it looks like that's how they're going to do it every time there's three tag teams. So just got to get over that one of me wishing there was three guys in the ring. Well, so I wrote in my notes, I don't care how much of a banger this match is. I'm always going to say that the rule is stupid. It yeah. should be three legal guys in the ring. Yep. Bottom line, point blank. That, that's how I feel too, but it looks like they're sticking firm to it at the moment. So it was what it was, and it was a banger. This match yes. was absolutely freaking fantastic. And there was a uh, spot with um, Keith Lee right at the beginning where he did a jumping, spinning roundhouse kick towards Matt Jackson that looked crazy just... good how fast and how high he got with this kick and Matt yeah. scared out of his boots tagged out to his brother Nick and then Nick and and Lee had a crazy back and forth like this this match was incredible man just everybody got to do all their spots everybody got to look incredible uh, this match yeah, was I... unreal and I agree with Juan. This is way better than the three-way tag team title match at Forbidden Yeah, War. it was. This is absolutely better. Um, you know, also, just to kind of open up on this, uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, Keith Lee, who is dealing with uh, with some personal stuff this week. Uh, don't know what it is, but it was talked about a little bit. He tweeted about it, and... Tony Khan was asked about it on Busted Open, and he said that it wasn't his place to talk about it. So whatever Keith Lee's going through, you know, just wanted to send some positive vibes that way. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he said that the match was for his brothers, so hopefully everything's okay over there. Gotcha. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, the, man, this match was just fucking crazy. I just, between Nick Jackson and Swerve going at it and just them flipping around, jumping around, and then, like, we get Nick Jackson and... And Ricky Starks, and like that was crazy. They were both on the ropes while he's like, "What are you doing here? What are you doing here?" <laughs> um, I thought that was just awesome. There's just so much goddamn talent in this match. There was, man. It was incredible. Uh, the massive frog splash from uh Powerhouse Hobbs. I think they call it a bullfrog splash, dude. I wouldn't want to take that for anything. That that was huge. Um, huge cutter by Ricky Starks to swerve off the shoulders of uh, Hobbs. That was awesome. I mean, there were so many amazing spots in this. And I think earlier I said if you were going to watch one match that was the Moxley Takashita, I think I'm changing my mind and I'm going to say this match is the one. If you're going to watch one match, watch the main event. This was absolutely insane. Really, really pay-per-view quality match. I think you said it at the beginning, man, like yeah, 100%. Absolutely. So uh, towards the end here, after, you know, everybody gets to do all their stuff, uh, we get a crazy finisher mania is what I call it. Just everybody hitting their finishers. Um, Hobbs hits the spine buster to everybody. And then out of nowhere, Keith Lee and Swerve clear the ring and they hit the Swerve in their glory on Ricky. It was on Ricky Starks, right? Yep. And get the one, two, three. And I audibly shouted, what the fuck? I, I, I was yeah. absolutely in shock. I could not believe it. Yeah, I was I was also really surprised by this. Um, it was an excellent match. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Yes. Uh, and, and again, man, this is why you watch the show. I know Big T didn't watch the match. Uh, 
he's joined the we, we started the podcast tonight and big t's wait there were a new tag champions like, wait, mind blown. <laughs> yeah and it's just man it was it was crazy it was absolutely so crazy it was an excellent match with a really surprising ending and uh you know at the end of the day that's that makes for great television because swerve and keith lee are uh, an excellent tag team we were teasing this breakup and we're we're not getting the breakups you know at least any time too soon i mean you'd have to think so we'll see what happens but yeah i mean it's well-deserved win um the bucks didn't take the pin very intriguing i i it, it's it's very intriguing having the bucks lose the title um the, their titles uh, i don't know where we go from here because again i i I viewed this as kind of a winner-take-all situation at All Out, where the Bucks were going to face FTR for a third time, and it was going to be all titles on the line. But that's doesn't seem to be the case right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. But it was, it's a great, uh, it's a great swerve, pun intended. Um, you know, so happy, happy for Swerve, Swerve and Keith Lee. You know, you, you know, I'm it's sure. funny. It's funny his oh, name right. is Swerve, uh, you know, and I feel like I got swerved in this match, man. This was one of those, if we were doing a prediction show, I think we all would have predicted the Young Bucks. I don't think anybody would have chose anyone else. Right, and I'll say this, you know, I, I do think that if if we were friends still, I think Forrest probably really would have enjoyed this match, um, which ruins the match a little bit for me because the guy is just a sore winner sore loser however you want to look at it um i'm sure wherever he is you know on the world wide web you know he probably enjoyed that match quite a bit but you know fuck him yeah <laughs> and you know there's been some uh tweets by dax harwood going around uh about the bucks you know ducking Thank you, Big uh, about the bucks ducking them and all of a sudden we get a title change tonight. I'm wondering if the Bucks didn't want to, uh, you know, lose the titles to FDR. No, I don't think that. I don't think that the Bucks are. I don't think the Bucks are about or uh, not willing to do business. That doesn't sound like the Young Bucks, at least in my opinion. Um, no, I, I think, think they're, they're tying it into the storyline. I don't think it's like true or anything. Uh, you know what I mean? But. You know, it does look like they're still ducking them, you know, because they're not going to have the titles anymore. And how are they going to have a match against them? Are they going to do like a number one contenders maybe between the two or? I don't know, because, again, I still do think the money match is having FTR versus the Bucks for the all the titles on the line. Unless yeah. they want to push that down the road till November. But are all these other uh, companies OK with FTR holding on to their belts for that long? Um, yeah, that because that's my thing. I, I, I just think that the. The ultimate goal, the end point, whether no matter who wins that match, for me, I think the end point is to have the Young Bucks versus FTR for all the belts. It's got to um, happen sometime. Right? It's just, I don't know. It's just, it was very weird to take the tag titles out of that equation to, yeah. off the Young Bucks. Now, also, this could lead, you know, looking at it in other ways, I, I, I have predicted the Elite civil war and this could be the next part of that where it's like all their friends are gone now they lost the tag titles could this be setting up for a kenny omega return you know that's that's definitely a possibility um but uh, big t saying briscoes haven't been officially locked in for the tag match against ftr no they have been we're almost the, yeah, yeah they've announced the match 
Yeah, uh, the Briscoes accepted over the weekend, and then they announced it officially today. So it is locked in. Yeah. That would be um, crazy if FTR showed up and made that the match for all the titles, but they would have to take they would have to take the titles off of Swerve uh, s- soon. <laughs> yeah, you would have to think so. So I, I did think again, this was an excellent match that topped off an excellent Dynamite with a, a great you know Swerve. I, I think that Swerve and 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 Keith Lee winning was awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah, the, 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 the question is like, you know, where do we, uh, where do we go from here? You know, it's very interesting. Yeah, we, I, I mean, hopefully we get some really cool, uh, can they coexist, uh, storylines <laughs> between Swerve and Lee or, you know, but I, I'm super happy that they did, they did this tonight. I was so blown away that it had me startled for the start of the stream and everything. Like this was a great, great match. Great finish. I was shocked. Yep. So, uh, yeah, um, that was Dynamite, man. New tag team champions. Congratulations to Swerve and Keith Lee. Uh, may we all swerve in their glory. So uh, what did we get announced for Rampage this week? All right. Well, night two. this Friday on Rampage, we have night two of four for Fighter Fest. We have the Ring of Honor World Championship. Jonathan Gresham defending against Lee Moriarty. Okay. We will hear from the Gun Club as they explain their actions uh, last week when they, you know, turned on the acclaimed. We will also get Private Party versus the Lucha Bros. Yay, Private um, Party. <laughs> you're just mad because they beat the shit out of Bear Country. I am. I am very upset that Bear Country lost to Private Party. <laughs> Now it was not shown in the in the graphic, but it was uh, announced earlier in the night that we will be getting a tag match between the House of Black and John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Uh, no, Juan, that was supposed to be announced on Friday. Uh, you know, Rome yep. got a little ahead of himself that last week, but still, you know. Look, as champion, I know what I'm talking about. If it's if it's a lock, it's a lock, and it was a lock on Wednesday. So, Mister, I post the broken table of the week video on Wednesday. I saw the video that you posted last Wednesday. It didn't say uh, contender. It said it was the broken table of the week. It said seek. Oh. They seek out the broken table of no, the week. No, it said the title of the video was broken table of the week okay for like the first couple hours you are correct i changed it later (laughs) i don't recall it changing anyway it has been changed for sure well i think i changed it back now actually damn it uh whatever anyways so that's rampage that is night two of fighter fest uh we have for dynamite next week which is uh night three of fighter fest we have eddie kingston versus the pain maker chris jericho in a barbed wire everywhere match they changed the name of the match originally it was called a barbed wire death match now it is a barbed wire everywhere match uh with a stipulation that the jas will be suspended in a cage above a uh a shark tank now another thing that happened that that was funny was um matt menard and angela parker were talking and they're like earlier tonight when they threatened tony shivani and they're like we've had enough of cages how high is the cage going to be? How high? Shabani's <laughs> like, I don't know. And that's why they got mad. It was really funny. Because um, they're like, we're sick of these fucking cages. Yeah, that was great. 
Um, we will also have the Varsity Blondes versus Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Uh, and then we also have Darby Allen versus Brody King announced for next week. All right, that's going to be a good match right there. I can't wait to see Darby versus Brody. Yeah, I think it's going to be an all in a, you know, it's going to be a really great show on Friday. It's going to be a really great show next week on Wednesday. Um, I made the wife promise that she's going to watch the main event next week uh, before, you know, before she knew what it was. So that's going to be fun. I don't nice. know if she's actually going to do it. I don't think she's actually going to do it, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. And Big T's, Big T's right. It's like this match is so intriguing. It's going to be crazy. I'm so interested in this as well. Like, yeah, it's, like. Normally people try to get out of the the cages, so like I can't wait to see somebody climbing on the outside of the cage trying not to fall in the shark tank or something. It's gonna be great. <laughs> I can't wait to see this shark tank. Like where are they gonna put a goddamn shark tank? Like is it gonna be like I, I would assume it's gonna be like up by the stage. Yeah, I'm not I'm or, not so sure about the shark tank part. I don't I I haven't yeah, really like, heard them what say. What kind it, of sharks but... what kind of sharks are we talking here? Like are we talking like great white? Or like, 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 what, are, like, what are we talking here? It's gonna for be sharks? like Ace Ventura style. That's what I like. I, I just don't know. I'm so intrigued by this entire thing. I'm, I'm so down for this. Like, I'm so ready. Like, let's, let's fucking go. I'm, I'm excited for it. That's not Snowflake. That is not Snowflake. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, that does it for uh, what we know so far for next week. Um, you mentioned some Sasha news. Uh, what did you get there on the words from Sasha? Yes, folks, as you uh, may or may not have heard today, so Sasha Banks announced her first post-WWE appearance. Um, it is a signing at C2E2. Uh, now, when this originally broke, uh, it was uh, highly discussed on, you know, what about a no-compete clause? Like, how is she doing this? Uh, because C2E2 is early August. Um which could imply that she does not have a 90 day. Um, shortly after we went on the air here at the broken tables podcast, we got a news bulletin in saying that the move. So Mercedes Vernado Verdano, sorry, excuse me, uh, made headlines when she was announced for C2E2 this week, the move prompted many wrestling conventions to reach out to the performer, also known as Sasha Banks with them noting that it couldn't happen until 2023. Uh, Fightful, this is through Fightful, also reached out to other convention organizers who confirmed they reached out to her reps and were quoted a firm specific rate. However, wrestling-related promoters that attempted to book her were told that she was only taking non-wrestling-related bookings until January 1st. WWE has still not officially confirmed her release publicly or to Fightful. One promoter that reached out said, quote unquote, they can't imagine her not being released at this point. Talent we followed up with are also under this impression. Still, from an official capacity, nothing has changed. However, as I said, so wrestling promotions, indies and whatnot have reached out to Sasha or Mercedes for booking. And she's informed them that she is not taking any in-ring bookings until January 1st. Damn. <laughs> That's not necessarily a tell-all. No, it could easily be to throw everything off. So, because we're also... So, Fightful was not told if except, if not accepting the wrestling-related bookings is a personal preference or tied to something contractual. But, 
they have exhausted their sources to find out. So, I felt like this was worth talking about because the C2E2 stuff to begin with broke some news today and people were talking about it. I think that it's definitely worth talking about. Um, oh, yeah. It's a very specific date, January 1st. It does lead me to believe that it feels like a little bit of a red herring. Um, I would assume that she's probably available whenever, to be honest. I mean, looking at it realistically, I mean, WWE doesn't have a say on her making this appearance to C2E2 in literally less than a month. So you have to assume that there is no 90 day. You just have yeah. to assume that. Uh, I mean, could there be something that we don't know about? Sure, but I don't know. I feel pretty good about it. Um, I would say keep eyes on All Out. Uh, that seems to be a, a popular show for them to have debuts at. So, you know, yeah, let's keep that in mind. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Any other uh, news in the wrestling world that you got for us? Huh. You know, I feel like we might have, I might have had something else, but it's, it's, uh, it's escaping me at the moment. Yeah. Just big T saying he might have to go skip the ring of honor pay-per-view and go to all out. Yeah. Again, I, I do believe that CM Punk's going to be at all out wrestling John Moxley. I do believe that that's the main event. I mean, don't take my word for it. I don't have any source. I'm just using common sense and just kind of the vibe of the situation. Um, it is worth noting that in that promotional material, the last guy you see on that promotional material for All Out is CM Punk. So, yep. I don't know. Something to yeah, keep in mind. We, we shall see. We, I definitely would like to go to that one, but another trip to Chicago, uh, you know, maybe uh, maybe next year. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, Big T, I would probably shut down if I met CM Punk. Like, oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to function. I'd He'd be just like, freeze up. I'd be like, <laughs> you know what? I would literally say this. I would say, I know I sound like some stupid internet wrestling fan, but like, you're my favorite wrestler of all time, and you're my fucking hero. Oh, oh he's going to be at C2E2. Oh, where, Jeff, where's C2E2 at? I don't know. Jeff, look it up. Big T knows he's talking about it. Where is it, Big T? Where's it at? Big T, where's Big, Big T, my man? Where is uh, where's C2E2 at? I feel like it's in New York. Uh, I have not met any rude pro wrestlers at all. Um, never met a rude one. And the nicest one I met is easily Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, I've only met two. Uh, well, I, I actually do know a third pro wrestler. Like, I, I know a guy that's currently pro wrestler, is a pro wrestler. Um, he's still early. He's starting out. But uh, I've met two successful pro wrestlers so far. And one of them is a fucking traitor and a backstabber. So, you know. Kip Sabian is the nicest pro wrestler I've ever met. Oh, there we go. Okay. Because the other guy is a fucking... He's the disingenuous. He's so disingenuous that I can't even think positively. Wait, of my, so that's going to be either. in Chicago? Oh, C2E2 is in... Wait a second. Well, no, but C2E2 is early August, Jeff, so that doesn't mean anything. It's August 5th through the 7th. Yes, and All Out is September 4th. Okay. Yeah. Rudest okay. wrestler <laughs> sure. he ever met Triple H. That sucks. I like Triple H. I'm a big Triple H guy. Oh, he was rude? Oh, man. I, I, I can see it because he's kind of like a Dana White type guy. You know what I mean? He's got that attitude of, you know, but yeah, I can see it. 
Yeah, I could see it too, unfortunately. <laughs> Meet up? Uh, there's no way I'm driving all the way to Chicago again this fast. No way. Yeah, I would. I, I would say I would want to, but yeah, it's kind of. But it's kind of rough. Arthur Ashe for uh, Grand Slam. Can definitely do a yeah, meet up there if anybody's in that uh, area. Yeah, I think the odds are very high that we're going to be at Arthur Ashe. <laughs> he was a prick. All right. Like I said, I can see it. He did, he has, you know, I can see it. Man, what can you do? But all right, man, you want to uh, close us out for the night? Absolutely. This has been episode 54 of the Broken Tables podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider giving us a like and subscribe or a follow, depending on where you find us. Thank you uh, for listening to us on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Broken Table Show. You can follow me on Twitter at XGamerForLifeX, right below me on the screen. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Broken Tables Podcast. We go live on YouTube following every single... No, no, Cody was not very nice. Hold on. Yes, yeah. he was. He was super nice to us just because you hate him now. No. So here's the thing, right? I'm just going to come out and say it. The night I met Cody Rhodes, I went in for a handshake. And he whispered in my ear as I shook his hand. I love Vince McMahon. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? You know, and that's unforgivable for me. That, <laughs> And keep in mind, Cody. So he also said... He also said to me, Jeff, he was like, I also know about all the the allegations that are going to come out next year. They're all true, but I still love Vince McMahon. God, you're killing me. <laughs> no, I got him know, to join the Dark Order, so. That's what I'm saying. The dude is so disingenuous. Like, that means nothing. He'll do anything. He'll he'll join anybody. As long as, as long as the money's right and the clout is there, he'll do it. So, no. I'm not going to say that meeting Cody Rhodes in hindsight, he's the nicest guy I ever met because he was just being fucking fake. That's not being nice. Being nice is being genuinely I was, nice. I was letting you have the Kip Sabian thing. I was just saying he was very nice. That's all. Yes. Kip Sabian was very nice. Kip Sabian's the man. I love yeah. Kip Sabian. Cody Rhodes on the other hand. No. <laughs> Juan saying right. Cody committed infidelity while being in AEW. He already knew he was going to WWE. Yes. See, Juan is breaking news. Breaking, breaking news, everyone. Sources confirmed. My source is Juan. Cody Rhodes is a piece of shit. Oh, jeez, you guys. All right, we will well... be going live on YouTube every single Wednesday after Dynamite rampage on fridays and even after pay-per-views i will be defending my broken predictions championship at all out we will also be doing a live podcast following death before dishonor we hope you can check that out please consider giving us a like and subscribe like i said uh please hit the like button on the video jeff gave us a goal of reaching 10 likes we could get up to 10 likes that would be pretty fucking cool thanks everyone for tuning in hope to see you guys on friday have a great thursday right on top guys out <laughs>